Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 267. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and always educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you for listening and thank you once again for downloading. First-time listeners, we're glad you found us, and we hope you enjoy the show and become a regular listener. My name is Stephen Fennick, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. Well, we've just returned from the Apple event in Cupertino, where we were introduced to the iPhone 10, the iPhone 8, Apple Watch Series 3, and the Apple TV 4K, and we'll go through each product with you. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to talk about the new Bose SoundLink micro speaker, the Oppo phone for FC Barcelona fans, and the Commonwealth Bank is finally offering Android Pay, but still no sign of Apple Pay. And we'll wrap things up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A huge show for you, lots to get through, so let's jump straight in. Well, as we said, we were uh, not, not long off the plane from returning from Cupertino uh, near San Jose in California, uh, where we attended the iPhone launch at the new Apple campus, uh, Apple Park. And I think that that was uh, as, as much uh, it added to the event, not only the fact we're going to be seeing new iPhones, but the fact that it was held at Apple Park, the brand new campus. I think that really added to the occasion. It, it was uh, held in the Steve Jobs Theatre. Uh, it was the very first event ever hosted in in that brand new arena. And uh, it, it was... A it was an experience to 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 be there for that event. The fact that it's a new iPhone in the Steve Jobs Theatre at Apple Park. We arrived at Apple Park for for the event, and we walked in through the visitor centre and then up this winding path. And then at the end of this path, on top of a hill, I think it was the highest point of Apple Park, is this glass cylinder with a carbon fibre uh, roof on top of it, this circular roof. There's, from a distance, the, the carbon fiber roof seemed to be levitating above the ground because of the glass cylinder holding it up. Now, the theater is actually built below that. So once we arrived, we were able to go inside into the cylinder, and we saw that there were, were quite deep staircases on each side of, the, of the, the circular foyer, the circular lobby that led down to the theatre. And once you go down to the theatre, you see this stone wall above the entrance, and in that is etched the words Steve Jobs Theatre. And uh, once we were seated, every seat was it was a, a plush leather seat. It was quite quite comfortable. PowerPoint at every seat up up in the in the the theatre because a lot of the presentations they they they're going to be giving not only for this occasion but the occasions to come in the future uh, are going to involve a lot of press being there and we uh, we of course all need power for our laptops and our all our other devices and uh, there was a PowerPoint at every single seat and. The event kicked off 
with a, a rather fitting, a beautiful tribute to Steve Jobs. Uh, uh, Tim Cook, the current CEO of Apple, said that who better to open the Steve Jobs Theatre but Steve Jobs himself, and it was Steve Jobs talking about the the things that he he think things that made Apple Apple and th- how he was uh, determined to design beautiful things and put them out in the world and help make make people's lives better. It was uh, went on for a couple of minutes, but it, w- it was a, a, a touching tribute. It, it, I think you could you could tell Tim Cook and the Apple staff that I could see were actually getting quite emotional. But uh, it was it was a nice way to kick off the event. I think respectfully, everyone closed their laptops. They were asked to close their laptops and just to to give a couple of minutes of uh, of, of respect, pay their respect, and they did that. And uh, it wasn't long then before the event was underway and I'm going to talk about now in this segment we're going to talk about the new iPhones but we're going to then uh, in the next segment talk about Apple Watch Series 3 and then finish it off with Apple uh, Apple TV 4K but the stars of the show no doubt for the event was was the iPhone 10 and the iPhone 8 and iPhone 8 Plus it's it's not every day that Apple introduces two new smartphones in a single event in a single year uh, but he, this is the path they've chosen to take, and it, it was it was there were no real surprises at the event. The the rumours this year were fairly spot on. Uh, I wrote a, a story about what we can expect to see, and I think I got ninety nine percent of it right uh, because of the accuracy of all the rumours and leaks and whatever you want to call them. They were right on the money. So Apple really didn't have anything to shock and surprise us with. Uh, I think the, the, they managed expectations quite well there. So what we did receive, though, was the iPhone 8, which is basically an update of the 7. It's essentially the 7S, uh, very similar design to the 7, uh, the only difference being a, a different uh, different rear panel that, that's now made of glass, uh, so that good it can enable the wireless charging. It's very hard to have wireless charging through metal. So well, with the glass rear panel, that's what we saw with the with the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus. Same same screen sizes as the 7. So it's 4.7 inch for the 8, 5.5 inch for the 8 Plus, and of course they have home buttons, Touch ID, all of those features. It's just basically an update of the 7 that's now faster, better camera, wireless charging. So n- nothing nothing too new in terms of the design apart from that glass rear panel. So it's a souped-up version of the 7, uh, but it's now called the iPhone 8. Uh, that, that, is, that goes on sale this week, September the 22nd. Pre-orders are already underway, although I suspect, and the, the, the telcos that I've checked in with, they said that the pre-orders are healthy, nothing that's going to break any records. But I think that, uh, again, another year where the design of the phone hasn't changed a lot. That's four phones in a row where the design has only been slightly tweaked. Nothing like sort of going from the 5 to the 6, for example, which was a massive change. And Apple saw huge numbers at, uh, on launch day where people were lining up to buy the phone. Not uh, nowhere near those numbers, but the, the, I think there's two reasons for that. Number one is that the eight isn't a massive difference from the seven. So if you've got a seven, I don't think there's people that are going to be rushing out to buy the eight. If you've got a six S, maybe you might be at the end of a contract and you want to just get it yourself into a new iPhone. Then that that customer will probably be satisfied with the eight. But I think reason number two, where people may be holding back, is because of the iPhone ten. Now it's 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 when you when you look at the name of this phone it says iPhone X but X being the Roman numeral for 10 
Apple were pronouncing it 10 on the stage. I keep catching myself calling it X, catching, calling it 10. Uh, so it is the 10 is, uh, is Apple's official name for it, how you pronounce that. And it is 10 because it's 10 years since the original iPhone, Steve Jobs. He introduced the first iPhone in 2007. That went on sale in June 2007. And we, here we are 10 years later, the iPhone 10, kind of an anniversary edition. And it is an all-new iPhone. So from if you were to hold this in your hand blindfolded, you'd probably think it's the same design as the iPhone 7 and the 8 and the 6 and the 6S. But the big difference, though, is that once you take off that blindfold, you'll see that the front of the phone is virtually taken up by the screen. And I was surprised that Apple didn't actually tell us the percentage of screen to front panel ratio. I think in my mind, it looks like it's about 93% of the front of the phone is the screen. Other brands like Samsung, who who did this with the, Samsung, the Galaxy S8, LG with the G6 and the upcoming V30, I think that their percentage of screen to to front panel would be, I think, in the high 80s. I think Apple would have pipped them if they uh, they had revealed the actual percentage amount. I'd say Apple's would be in the low 90s, probably 92, 93%. So it is edge-to-edge, corner-to-corner screen, apart from what we're calling the notch at the top of the front of the phone, and that is where the true depth camera is, the the face ID technology is located. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, there's a speaker in there as well. So that that's where they had to put that stuff rather than sacrificing even more screen and sort of having a black stripe at the top of the phone. They decided to have this little notch where the status bar actually splits, splits the time on the left, signal strength and all the other information on the right. And the various apps that use the screen, you can either have a black line across the top or if you double tap, say looking at photos, for example, it'll fill the entire screen, including the area on either side of that notch. But uh, we did get our hands on the iPhone 10. Uh, our YouTube video is actually doing really well, uh, our hands-on that we embedded in our story. I think it's up to more than 130,000 views. That's the type of interest that's in this phone. But the iPhone 10, uh, to oh, there is an image of the iPhone 10 between the 8 and the 8 Plus. And as we suspected... Uh, it has a 5.8 screen, and despite having a screen bigger than the 8 Plus, it is actually a smaller device. It's actually one and a half centimetres shorter than the 8 Plus, slightly bigger than the 8. So uh, because it doesn't have the home button and, and that area at the top of the screen, it allows the screen to live in a, to take up more of the front of the phone without actually making the phone even bigger. So uh, it, it felt like a really nice midpoint, just right, not too big or too small. I think still small enough for one-handed operation, but big enough to give you a really, uh, to appreciate the screen, the OLED screen. It's a super, super retina display using OLED technology. So really popped. The, the colors look great, nice black levels. Uh, so it really looks nice in your hand. And, of course, there's no home button. So there's no button to press to take you back home. To get home from an app, you simply slide up from the bottom of the screen and that closes the app and brings you back to the home page. And of course, without a home button, there is no touch ID. So your fingerprints no longer needed for the iPhone 10. The thing that will unlock the iPhone 10 is your face. 
and they've got a technology called Face ID that can recognise more than 30,000 points on your face. So there's this true depth camera that can like spray all these dots, these virtual dots on your face to establish who you are, what you look like. So when you set up Face ID, you're supposed to turn your head to the left, turn it to the right, up and down to give a great representation and establish what your face looks like under this true depth camera. And so then every time you want to unlock the phone, you all you need to do is look at the at the at the iPhone and you'll see the padlock uh, unlock on the front on the front home screen. Uh, the you, if anyone who watched the keynote of the launch will notice that Craig Federighi, who's the senior VP uh, at Apple, who was doing the demo, well, they will notice that they that it didn't work for him the first time. He had to go to a backup device, and that recognised him straight away. Now, Apple has actually commented on that little episode, and they said that there were other people who might have, might have handled the phone. And unbeknownst to them, the face ID camera was trying to was reading their faces, and because it wasn't Craig Federighi, it didn't unlock the phone. So by the time Craig Federighi got to looking at his own phone, there had been enough people that were not recognised by face ID for it to ask for a passcode. Same way as if someone tries to unlock your phone with their fingerprint, it's not going to let them, and it just offers the passcode. Well, that's exactly what happened here. So while what people call a when Craig Federighi tried to do it, it actually worked how it was supposed to work. We didn't know at the time that all these people had looked at the phone and the phone had tried to examine their faces and re- realised it wasn't Craig Federighi. So when he looked at the second phone, which was obviously handled by nobody or not by Craig himself, it opened straight away. So uh, Face ID will, the Apple says, will recognise you if you've got a hat, if you wear, grow a beard, if you're wearing a scarf, if you get a haircut. Uh, so it will recognise your face, even though there may be some slight changes to it. Maybe you might change the colour of your hair or whatever it happens to be. Uh, it will still unlock the phone. Apple says that it'll recognise your face out of a million other faces. So they're saying that the security level is actually higher than that of a fingerprint. Uh, it, it will it, it, all, all the information for Face ID remains on the device. So it's not sent out of the phone. It'll also work in the dark if you're in a dark room because it uses infrared. It'll also work through sunglasses so that if you're wearing glasses, it can still penetrate the glass and see your eyes and the shape of your eyes and things like that. It will only work if you're looking at the phone. So if you are, I've had a lot of strange questions about this. If you say, say you are asleep and someone brings your phone to, to hovers your phone over you, it will not unlock because your eyes need to be open. Uh, if you're not looking directly at the phone, it also won't work. So lots of things, uh, lots of questions uh, we were asked about that Face ID feature. And until we get our hands on a review device in a month or so, we're, uh, we're going to have to try it for our, out for ourselves. But is, uh, is, as far as what Apple says, they think Face ID uh, is, is a safer, easier way to secure your phone. So we'll just leave it at that. The screen itself uh, is pretty sharp. It's got a pretty high resolution, even higher uh, PPI, so pixels per inch count as well. Uh, and and our, our hands-on, the screen looks spectacular. Uh, we we were watching photo, we were looking at photos, watching videos, playing games. Uh, it is uh, it's pretty impressive. Twenty-four thirty-six by eleven twenty-five is the resolution. Four fifty-eight PPI pixels per inch looked incredible.
Uh, the the phone also has a the dual lens camera on the back, which allows for 12 megapixel each lens optical stim, optical image stabilization through both. So um, the, your, your photos and videos, all the, the shakes will be taken completely out of them. Face ID, uh, the front facing camera also has portrait mode. And also, it takes advantage of the facial recognition camera for you to use features like portrait lighting. It has uh, it has portrait mode as well, so you can have the blurred background. It also has animated emojis. And if you haven't watched my video on the hands-on, you need to, that's a very funny part of the video where you, you I'm off camera, but you can see the the emojis actually speaking in my voice because it's examining my face and I'm I'm making all these expressions. The lips are moving in time for what I'm saying i think i'll go from being uh, a, a a cat to a to a rooster to an alien and you can still you can see the lips enunciating everything i'm saying that's a really cool feature allows you to record those as gifts and share them as messages so expect you think emojis are going going crazy now you ain't seen nothing yet wait till you get a load of that one uh the camera as i mentioned is a, is a really interesting feature of the new iphone uh, it has all the features you'd expect, of course, 12 megapixel resolution through both lenses. Uh, it's got a wide-angle lens and a telephoto lens, so you've got your optical zoom, uh, your 10 time digital zoom, and the results of it. We, we saw a lot of photos that were taken with the iPhone 10, and uh, they looked amazing. The other big feature, too, of course, is the, uh, well, the processor is pretty powerful, the A11 Bionic processor. It uh, gets things moving pretty well, can power things like augmented reality apps and uh, can create this efficiency so that the system works without running your battery down too fast because it has got a bigger screen to power now and it does it quite efficiently. The other feature that we're going to wrap up with is the wireless charging. And uh, now you'll be able to use the Qi charging, which is spelled Q-I. And I'm, I'm really thankful that Apple decided to go with the current standard rather than going off on their own with their own wireless standard and trying to corner the market. They decided to adopt the wireless charging, that Qi standard that already exists. So a lot of the charging products that are out there today will work with the new iPhone 10 when it's released and the iPhone 8 as well for that matter. So I'm really happy that Apple's done that and that will also, I think, ramp up the awareness about wireless charging. So, uh, you know, as I've described, the Apple effect will come into in, into work here where a lot of cafes and restaurants and shopping centers and even vehicles will have these charging stations now so you just simply rest your phone on these circular pads and you'll get a charge apple will release their own air power charging mat that'll charge not only the phone but also the apple watch and also the air airpods which will uh, have a new wireless charging case uh, available later this year Think about the uh, iPhone X uh, is the one thing that people have commented about is actually the price. Starts at $1,579 for the 64 gig. 256 gig version will set you back $1,829. The most expensive phones Apple has ever made. The most expensive phones on the market. And I think time will tell whether people are going to be willing to pay that much money for a phone. I suspect they will. The lines, I think, for the iPhone 10 will be a lot longer than the iPhone 8. 
And I think a lot of people, of course, will take these phones up on a plan. So they'll spread out the, the payments over two to three years, as well as having their current month-to-month plans as well. So expect some pretty competitive plans to come through for the telcos once the iPhone 10 is released November the 3rd. October 27 is when they go on pre-sale. Uh, iPhone 8 is already available for pre-order and is available this Friday, September 22. Uh, pricing for the iPhone 8 is uh, 1079 starts at that for the 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 iPhone 8 and 1229 for the iPhone 8 plus There's, of course they will also be available in 64 and 256 gig versions that is our wrap up of the iPhones next up we're going to talk about Apple Watch but if you want to read more about Apple Apple's iPhone 10 and Apple's iPhone 8 and 8 plus we've done a hands on you've got to watch our video it's really interesting uh, all those stories you can find at techguide.com.au this episode is brought to you by Shopify Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, another product Apple introduced. Actually, how, how Apple introduced their products. They left the iPhones last, uh, and the first product they, they spoke about was uh, Apple TV, I think was the first one, which we're going to talk about next. They, uh, they then spoke about the new Apple Watch Series 3. And as we suspected... Uh, it, it was released, not, no, no design change, virtually identical to the Series 2, apart from this red uh, digital crown. There's like a red circle on the side of the digital crown. But the biggest new feature was under the hood, and that was an eSIM. So this device will be able to replicate your iPhone's number using this electronic SIM card and connect to the 4G LTE networks independently of your phone. So if you're, it can replicate your iPhone's number, and if you decide to go out for a run or go run an errand or just spend time without your phone, you'll still receive all your messages, your calls, your emails, stream music, all of that's still available, GPS connectivity, uh, all of that will work without your phone being anywhere near you. Uh, thanks to this new eSIM that's going to be available initially through Telstra and Optus, who, funnily enough, hours after the Apple Watch Series 3 was announced, they then revealed that they were ha- they had this technology, this one-number technology that can, can have essentially your phone number on two devices. At present, having a physical SIM card is impossible for you to have the same number on those two physical SIM cards. But because there's an eSIM on Apple Watch Series 3, it is possible thanks to Telstra and Optus's new this new technology that's being introduced. Vodafone's coming online later this year with this feature. So uh, this is going to be an interesting one. A lot of I haven't reviewed this product yet. I will in the next week or so. But uh, some, some interesting things I'm reading is the fact that uh, the country where you buy the watch is where it will work natively. So if you were to purchase an Apple Watch Series 3 in the US, for example, and bring it back to Australia, 
it will only work with the US networks. So if you bought one here in Australia, it'll work on Telstra, Optus, Vodafone. If you're roaming overseas, will it work? I'm not sure. I'm still going to have to test that. But there's all these questions that we have about how it'll work, where it will work, and how much it's going to cost. Because you think about it, if you replicate your phone number, the telcos are going to want to take something for that service, maybe an extra 10 bucks a month, 5 bucks a month. Who knows what it's going to be? But it's a feature that tel- the telcos don't want. Well, they want to make money off that feature, just like Apple want to make money ser- selling the Apple Watch Series 3 because of that convenience. And I'm sure Apple gets a cut of that as well. They also they already get a cut of the revenue from their iPhones, uh, so they're going to extend that revenue stream to the Apple Watch Series Three. Uh, there's also lots of uh, new bands and patterns available. There is uh, the, the the that is also available from September 22nd already. Uh, actually, there's no pre-orders. They only they're only going to go on sale on September 22. So keep an eye on them. Vodafone coming later in the year. The uh, there's going to be an Apple Watch Series Three. There's going to be a cellular version and a non-cellular version. Cellular version will start at five hundred and fifty-nine dollars. Non-cellular version is a hundred bucks cheaper, four hundred and fifty-nine dollars. And Apple Watch Series 2 will no longer exist, but the original Apple Watch will all, will still be there, and you can buy that even cheaper as well. So if you don't want, if, it, if having a cellular connection doesn't really, doesn't do anything for you, you still can still buy the original uh, Apple Watch, as well as the Apple Watch Series 3, the non-cellular version is there for you as well. And if you want to check that story out, you know where to go, techguide.com.au. Well, wrapping up the Apple event, uh, the last product we're going to talk about is the Apple TV 4K. Now, I'm really interested in this product because I'm a big movie fan and I'm a massive fan of the 4K resolution. I know there's a lot of 4K discs out there. I know Netflix has 4K, but Apple has entered 4K. And like, like the effect they're going to have with wireless charging, now that Apple's involved with 4K with Apple TV, so it can stream 4K to your TV, or if it's connected physically with a HDMI cable, even better. So you, you need a 4K TV to begin with, 4K content, and Apple TV 4K. So you need all those things to watch 4K resolution movies. Now, what I really like about this announcement is, yes, the hardware itself, which is great, but what I really like is what Apple has managed to do in creating this, these deals with the studios. So the only holdout from the studios is Disney, but everyone else, like your Foxes, Warner Brothers, Sony Pictures, all these other companies have agreed to provide 4K content for through the iTunes Store, which will be both HDR10 and Dolby Vision compatible. So any content they have with that, Apple TV can handle it and play it on compatible TVs. Uh, so the, the, the part of that announcement that I really like is that Apple said to the studios, yes, you're going to offer 4K movies, but they're not going to be any more expensive than HD movies, which is fantastic. If you were to buy, uh, a, a, say, a movie in HD right now, it's nineteen ninety nine, whatever price it is, the 4K version is going to be the same price as HD which is great news. And even better is the fact that if you've already purchased a movie in HD, it'll be upgraded to 4K HDR for nothing. So really good that Apple has 
as kind of not not put the pressure on the studios, but encourage them strongly to offer 4K content to customers with a 4K TV. It's what it's going to do. It's going to grow. It's going to it's going to grow the 4K the 4K movement even further. The only way you can watch 4K now is if you've got a really good internet connection on Netflix, or if you've got a 4K disc player, a 4K TV, and of course a 4K movie. Uh, and that, to me, will still be the best way to watch 4K because it's got a higher bit rate off the disc. It doesn't rely on any speed of connection. It's a repeatable experience. 4K through Apple TV needs a great connection, needs all the factors in place, needs, needs the content, of course, too. But the, I think the way that we're going with uh, 4K content Apple deciding to join the fray, I think, is going to really ramp up the availability of 4K content. There'll be studios encouraged to uh, release more 4K content. So expect that uh, really soon. Again, the Apple TV will go on sale this week. So September 22 is a big day for Apple. It's also a big day for Samsung, the same day that the Note 8 is released, the Galaxy Note 8. So it's going to be a busy day at the telcos. But uh, the Apple TV 4K, available for pre-order already, goes on sale Friday, 249 for the 32-gig version, 279 for the 64-gig model, which is really cheap. The regular Apple TV with 32-gig storage will also be available still for $209. So the non-4K will be 209 But those other ones with 4K are, I think, worth the extra money. If you want to read more about that, about Apple TV 4K and everything else that we've spoken about from the Apple event, you know where to go, techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. There's lots of valuable stuff stored on our computer when you think about it. Family photos, videos, tax and work documents, all kinds of things. But what would you do if it was all of a sudden it was suddenly gone, encrypted and impossible to retrieve? Well, what I just described there is an is a existing threat called ransomware. That's a malware that can lock you out of your own files and then demand that you pay up or lose access to them forever, hence the name ransomware. That, unfortunately, is on the rise in Australia. In fact, Australia is now the most targeted country for ransomware attacks in the Southern Hemisphere. Norton Security Premium is a powerful internet security solution that can help keep you safe from ransomware, including the recent WannaCry ransomware back in May. By blocking dangerous files, warning you against dodgy links before you click, and backing up files from your PC to the cloud, you'll have a copy if anything goes awry. To learn more about how to protect your online life, visit au.norton.com. Dot com. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennett. Tech Guide. Okay, let's talk about some products. And the first one is the Bose SoundLink Micro. Now, Bose is a very well-known company. They make excellent Bluetooth products, speakers, other audio products, headphones, you name it. Their audio quality is second to none. And what they've done is actually shrunk down that technology to a speaker that would fit in the palm of your hand. It's just 9.5 centimetres wide, 3.8 centimetres long, weighs in at just 290 grams. So can go anywhere, small. And the, the good news is that it's also a rugged speaker. So you can take it anywhere. It's got an IPX waterproof rating. So you want to take it to on, on camping, you want to take it to the beach, take it by the pool, 
pool, it can actually go underwater, this thing, and still play great music. Now, the challenge here for Bose was being so small, they really had to make everything fit inside this small chassis. They wanted to make this easy to take anywhere. So you can hear music, make or receive calls, even use Siri or Google Assistant in a device that's pretty small. 9.5 centimetres wide it was, remember? So that's pretty small. So what what, what Bose had to do was come up with the with a custom custom way to create this speaker. They had to customise a transducer. Min, they had to miniaturise the passive radiators, and the, they had to also fit in a rechargeable lithium-ion battery on board, and Bose had to engineer all of that together so that it could, number one, save space, and number two, improve energy, and number three, uh, give you great audio quality. And they've achieved that with the SoundLink Micro. And being so small, it produces a sound that's actually surprisingly large. So from a small enclosure, you're going to be surprised at the kind of output you're going to get, and you're going to be pleasantly surprised with the level of bass you get as well. Bose know how to move a lot of air around, even in small spaces. They've done a great job with this new SoundLink Micro. Uh, it's waterproof, as I said, so uh, waterproof inside out. So if it goes underwater, you can put it in salt water, chlorinated water, soapy water. So that's got you covered in the ocean, the pool, the bath, and the shower. So it can go anywhere with you. It's got a soft silicon housing as well, so it gives you that rugged structure so it can withstand bumps and drops and scratches. So uh, you you don't be don't be afraid to take this wherever you go. It's also got a strap as well, so it can be attached to things like bags and backpacks, bikes, all the, all those sorts of things. But it's, it's an excellent device for listening on the go. Available in three colours as well: black, blue, and orange. Priced at one hundred and sixty nine. 95 and it too is available from September 22. This Friday is probably the biggest day. I can't recall a day where more products are released on a single day. iPhones, Samsung phones, Apple TV, Apple Watch Series 3, all on September 22 with the Bose SoundLink Micro, 169.95. You want to read more about that, you know where to find it, techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Now, we love our footy. And the footy we love, of course, is, is rugby league. But football, is, uh, referred to by other sports fans, refers to what some people call soccer. But God forbid you call it soccer. They call it football. And Oppo has released a phone that is going to appeal to these people, especially fans of FC Barcelona. They've released the new FC Barcelona R11 limited edition. Now, a few weeks back, we did review the R11, the regular R11, and it was basically a, a, a nice, flattering imitation of the iPhone, right down to the design, the operating system, the camera. It was a flattering copy of an iPhone. And that is the phone that is uh, available now with the FC Barcelona colours. There's a, a 18 karat gold plate insignia on the back of the phone as well. So it's a really striking blue and red with this beautiful gold insignia so that you can literally show your colours if you're an FC Barcelona fan with your phone. This limited edition R11 not only has that customised, uh, the customised uh, design on the back, but also has uh, themes as well. 
So it's not only FC Barcelona on the outside, it's also FC Barcelona on the inside. So there's a user interface, wallpapers, the lock screen, the colour scheme. There's even Barcelona ringtones and message notifications, believe it or not. So if you're really into FC Barcelona, you'll find that it comes in this, this, this nicely designed box with the logo on it, the insignia on it. There's even a cover in the in the box, so if you do want to cover up the nice blue and red rear panel, uh, you can still have you can still see the insignia. It's on the back of the cover, but inside the cover, and not many people may have noticed this, but there are five signatures, so autographs from their five star players are inside the cover. Nice little Easter egg for fans to find, but I took a photo of it and put it up on my story on Tech Guide. So, the FC Barcelona Oppo R11 limited edition phone. It's only available online, so it's exclusive to JB Hi-Fi. So you can only buy it online through JB Hi-Fi. $699 plus $9.95 for delivery. So uh, if you're an FC Barcelona fan, then you better run to get this for yourself, the Oppo R11. Really nice phone, and there's a link to my full review of the Oppo R11. I didn't have to review the whole thing again because it's basically the same phone, just with a different paint job. So if you are into your into your football and are particularly in particular a fan of FC Barcelona, then the Oppo R11 limited edition is the one for you. If you want to check out, check that out, take a closer look. Uh, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Next up, we're talking Android Pay, and in particular, the fact that the Commonwealth Bank are now offering Android Pay. They've announced that the, to the customers that it will uh, that Android users using Android Pay on their phones will be able to make secure payments at tap and go destinations. There are more than eight hundred thousand stores around Australia that would accept contactless payments. So Android Pay is finally arriving to ComBank. Not just that, there's also Garmin Pay. Garmin, which is the creator of a lot of great sport watches and wearables, they also have their own payment system, and it will also be available on their new Vivo Active 3 smartwatch, which pairs with both an iPhone and Android phone. So if you, uh, it doesn't matter if you've got an iPhone or Android phone paired to the Vivo Active 3, you can still make tap-and-go payments if you're a Commonwealth Bank customer using your wearable. But... The thing that is conspicuous by its absence is Apple Pay. The Commonwealth Bank is yet to offer Apple Pay to its customers. The only major bank with Apple Pay is ANZ. And so the big, the other big uh, banks, so we're talking ComBank, Westpac, National Australia Bank, still know Apple Pay. ComBank is dived in with Android Pay, although they say that Android Pay, they haven't specified a date when it will arrive. The only thing they would specify was that Android Pay, and I'm quoting here, will be available to customers before the end of the year. So that could be December 31, and, and in which time maybe Apple Pay may be introduced. So who knows when we're going to see Apple Pay, even Android Pay. You know it's going to come in 2017, but that could be December Maybe by then, ComBank may have introduced Apple Pay as well. Uh, if they have, they haven't told anyone about it. They haven't announced that they are doing it, that they're thinking of doing it. Uh, so we're still waiting to hear about that. But if you're an Android user, good news is you're going to get Android Pay. Even if you're a Garmin user, you're going to get Garmin Pay through the Commonwealth Bank as well. 
Great news if you're a ComBank customer. Not so great news if you're a ComBank customer who's an Android, an iPhone user. So you're going to still have to wait for Apple Pay. But you can read all about those details at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. You already know Arlo by Netgear, the worldwide leader in smart home security and creator of the world's first 100% wire-free, weatherproof HD security camera. Now you can get to know the new Arlo Pro with even more features, including two-way audio that allows you to talk to your kids, your pets, or whoever's at the front door right from your smartphone. Arlo Pro has quick charge, rechargeable batteries, night vision and live on-demand streaming and yes it's still 100% wire-free and weatherproof so you can easily monitor your entire property inside and out. Arlo Pro takes just a few minutes to set up so you can check it on your home, your business, from anywhere using the free Arlo app on your phone. You can check it on your tablet and even on your computer. Know what's happening in real time with advanced motion detection and never miss a moment with free cloud recordings for seven days. Visit arlo.com forward slash au for more info. Arlo and the new Arlo Pro by Netgear. Every angle covered. Tech Answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Okay, a couple of topics for the Tech Guide Help Desk. And the first is parental controls. I do get a lot of questions from our readers about uh, readers with children, of course, who they may have their own phones, they may be searching for things on their TV, uh, and how do they control what is actually seen here? Well, good news is that TVs, all these connected devices, do have parental controls built in so that it can limit the sorts of searches, the sorts of things you can see. Uh, If you have mobile devices in your home, all the tablets, definitely all the iPhone device, all the Apple devices, so iPads and iPhones, have pretty solid parental controls on what can be seen, what sites can be visited. Uh, And another way to monitor what you're doing is to check to see with your internet security software, because a lot of them, and I do know that Norton Security Premium, Norton, of course, is a sponsor of the program, they do have pretty, pretty deep parental controls on their security premium. They're all in one product that has multiple licenses. It does allow you then to monitor what's coming in and out, what your child, what they're looking at, what they're doing on their device. So if you do have uh, internet security software, you may already have parental controls uh, available to you that you might not have been aware of. So definitely check those out. I think if you're a concerned parent, something you definitely have to keep an eye on. Uh, The other part of the help desk is an interesting question from a reader asking about a 4K gaming monitor. A lot of gaming monitors that are capable of 4K, uh, monitors that could be connected using HDMI to a PC, to a PlayStation, an Xbox, uh, and they have obviously 4K resolution. There are 27, 28-inch models as well. The question I received, though, was the reader wanted to know whether a good brand that had uh, 4K resolution, speakers built in, multiple HDMI ports, uh, and was a reasonable price. So the, what I recommended was an Asus 28-inch that had the speakers, that had uh, two HDMI inputs, I think, and had, had was reasonably priced. I think it was about 600 and something dollars. I think it's pretty hard to find a 4K 27 or 28-inch monitor that's cheaper than 600 bucks, especially if you do want a speaker in it and if you also want speakers in it and you also want HDMI. The next option would be to try buy a cheap 4K TV. So it might be bigger, 
But if you do want multiple HDMI inputs, then you're not going to find them on a monitor, but you'll definitely find them on a television. So lots of choices. If you've got some money you want to spend on a 4K monitor, you can really increase the quality of your gaming uh, if you do move down that path. And we've written about plenty of 4K monitors and parental controls. Everything we've spoken about, we have covered at techguide.com.au. And that's the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything that we've talked about, of course, at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear from our readers and listeners. Email us at info at techguide.com.au. I want to give a special shout-out to our sponsors, of course, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thank you very much for listening. Now, we are taking next week off. We're actually going away. Uh, this is a, not, not a business trip. It's a, a personal trip, so I won't be recording a podcast next week, but we will, we will be back in two weeks' time, so we look forward to you joining us then in two weeks. So, Until then, stay safe and stay connected.